Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Another interesting week in the NFL. Dak Prescott becomes the only player in the history of the league to throw for 450 or more yards three weeks in a row. Did they win any of those games? Nope. And for Maybe any, one of them. For Didn't any talking one? head that's sitting there blathering on about how Dak Prescott is earning himself the money that he demands and desires, learn football. No, I don't. No, I disagree with that statement, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. If you'd like to listen live, you can do it on the World Wide Web. What a thing. 1029ESPN.com. You go on there. You check the stream out anytime you would like it. The stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And if you missed anything in hour number one, a hyper-local hour, great hour, go check it out on the podcast. The 2 Tell Nuanas podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and listen your leader to the podcast thanks to blackfoot communications here's why i disagree with that statement you are right 
in the inference of the empty calories, as it were, of the numbers you put up and everything. But these losses are not on anybody on the offense. No, they're not Dak Prescott. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is the Achilles heel. So I think he Cowboys is team. earning it, though. That's what I'm saying, even all though they're I'm not say, winning. All I'm saying is he goes out and gets a 45 to $50 million a year contract because he throws. I mean, at this rate, he's going to break the all-time record for passing yards in a season. By like 2,000 yards? Right. Yeah, I mean, but at this rate, not, he's throwing for 8,000 dang yards. But that does not mean by any measure that he is having one of the greatest seasons in NFL history. It means by any measure he's having one of the greatest seasons that is accompanied by the most deplorable pass defense that I have seen in the league. Here's my breakdown of the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, the, the, Trevin Smith has been in and out of the lineup. They're, they're Tyron Smith, excuse me. They're all pro and future Hall of Fame left tackle. Yeah. He's been in and out. He's getting a little bit older, but he's still an outstanding, outstanding player. Zach Martin, they're all pro guard. He's taking a step back, but he's still one of the best interior guys in the league. Their offensive line is still above average. Their skill players, I think Dak Prescott's average, but I think that their skill players are elite. One of the best skill player cores in the NFL, especially if C.D. Lamb's going to play like he did on Saturday. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott's definitely a top five back. Amari Cooper, when he's got it rolling, he's a you know borderline, if not surefire top. They're good receiver. on offense. They're really good on offense. They're good on the defensive line. They have Demarcus Lawrence, who was second in the league in sacks last year. They also added Everson Griffin. Comes with a lot of baggage, but he can still play. And when healthy, they have one of the best linebackers in the league in Jalen Smith. The fact that Leighton Vanderash is out, I think, is really hurting them because he is like the hybrid version of what they need in that defense because they play the 4-2 stat quite a bit, and they need guys to cover both sides of the field. Jalen Smith's only one guy, so he can't do that. The Dallas Cowboys are unbelievably bad in the secondary. I think that it's not close that they have the worst secondary in football. Terrific. And, and they, they've got some ish injuries too, right? They do. Um, in, in that group. I yeah, mean, but they the do. group that's on the field can't play football together. Right. I mean, here's their injury situation is actually kind of bad because they got Leighton Van Der Esch and Sean Lee on IR. So that's yeah. two of their three linebackers. They got the Awuzie kid. Awuzie. Uh, Colorado is like a second round pick. Yeah, and he's He's, he's a good player too. Yeah, he's a good player. He's out. But they're just not up to par, man. They've invested a lot of money in a lot of different areas. But, I mean, their defense is just getting absolutely shredded. Mm-hmm. A lot of the storyline centers upon these epic rallies, which were successful against Atlanta and not successful against Cleveland. But you get 28 scored on you by the Cleveland Browns when there's not yet even 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. You ready? You ready? It's for unbelievable. This? 300 and I want to say 40 yards, 24 first downs at halftime for the Browns. For the Browns. Now, look, you know that I love the Cleveland Browns. I'm, you know, and they are very good on, on you know, their skill positions and stuff like I mean, they got a good, they got good players, but that is insane. I mean, that is just absolutely, I mean, it's insane. They got a GM who doesn't have it together. You be Cowboys, you mean? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, here's the thing, too. Being as bad as the Cowboys are in the secondary in this day and age in the NFL is just, it it spells nothing but doom for you Mm -hmm. within the scope of this Mm -hmm. season. But I would argue, though, that the Cowboys, in terms of what their personnel is on offense, are getting jobbed even more. Dak Prescott, in no world is he, if you want to have success as a team, supposed to be throwing for 400-plus yards. This no, this no is doubt. a team where when Dak Prescott goes 16 for 20 for 275 and three touchdowns because they're running play action and Ezekiel Elliott has 125 yards rushing, that's when the Cowboys are winning the yeah. NFC East. That's when the Cowboys are 
an NFC contender. They're not there right now. The defense, though, is is eating away what they've been able to do on offense. I mean, four games into the year, Ezekiel Elliott only has 70 carries in the whole season. He's averaging 3.8 yards per rush because they're in these games where they don't even, I mean, Zeke didn't even get the ball in the second half. Of course he did it because you're down by so many points. Uh, breaking news as of about, you know, two hours ago, Bill O'Brien reportedly no not going to be retained any longer as the head coach and thereby also the GM of the uh, Houston Texans. Texans Romeo Crennel going to step in as mm. the interim head coach. He has been the co-head coach anyways uh, up to this point. The Houston Texans are 0-4. I They're the most anonymous team in football to me right now, which is completely bizarre. They have the highest payroll of any team in the league. This year's team is going to cost them $256 million. The fact that they have one of the great, young, talented, stud quarterbacks in the league to, first of all, not be good with that player playing, and second of all, for for people generally not to care is crazy. And and Bill O'Brien... What do you mean? Who doesn't care? What do you mean? I don't think people care about the Houston Texans. Like, well, you, know, oh, right. you know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, do you remember a month ago when I was sitting here talking about how I thought the Texans were going to take the hugest step back of anybody in the league for the simple fact that you have Deshaun Watson and you trade his best friend? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that sort of stuff just stinks from a mile away to me. Uh, and and you, that, you have been proven very right in that sort of assertion, expectation, whatever you want to call it. And it is still, though, a stunning... You can't be zero and four, but it's also amazing just how long he held on. Like the the this is this is well beyond Bill O'Brien to me. I mean, this goes all the way to the Certainly. top about why the, because this team is nothing like the least talented team in the no. league. They got talent at a lot of different spots, and they've had talent, and they've underachieved largely with that talent. I mean, they've blown a lot of different opportunities yep. in the regular season and the playoffs. Yep. Here's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien uh, trades don't happen in the NFL, right? Hardly ever. Player for player trades. It's almost always a player for picks or free agency. Yeah. The way teams are, right. or the guys guys move franchises. Yeah. So Bill O'Brien made four big trades during his time with the Houston Texans. Here's what he got in those trades. Laramie Tunzel. Okay. okay. David Johnson. Okay. Brandon Cooks. I've, I've never had a player score zero points in a fantasy league. Brandon <laughs> Cooks scored zero. None. Nada. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Because he's a great blocker, dude. He's huge. Kenny Stills, Jacob Martin, Barkevius Mingo, a second, a third, three fourths, and a sixth round pick. That's what he's gotten so far. What did he trade away? Gary Hopkins, best receiver in the league. Jadavion Clowney, former number one overall pick, and by and large, one of the biggest freaks on the planet. Yeah. Davenport, I don't know who that is. Who's Davenport? I don't know. Okay. And then he also traded away, count them, three. First. Three first round picks, two second round picks, and a third round pick. Ha. At this day and age in the NFL, who trades first round picks? I mean, you better be getting DeAndre Hopkins if you're trading right. a first round pick, right. and even that would be under severe scrutiny. Yeah, you no, can't, it's, you can't it's, trade DeAndre Hopkins and a first round pick for some for anything. Here's the thing: like a lot of this, some of these were so bad, especially the DeAndre Hopkins one, and I realized that. You know, okay, he wanted a new contract or whatever. Guess what? If, if you don't want to give him a new contract, don't give him a new contract. Right. But he doesn't have the leverage in the situation. Right. Point. And, and if you're ever making 
trades based on your personal spite for a player. Right. You've if, lost. If, if the dude is not showing up to practice or he's a unmitigated disaster, like a distraction sure. like Antonio Brown, okay. For sure. But, it, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins caught like 120 passes last year. Anyway, all that to say, some of this stuff has been so bad, you go, well, maybe there is something going on here that we just don't really know about, or maybe there's more to be. And now that the book is closed, you can say that Bill O'Brien is an unmitigated disaster, just a straight catastrophe, period. The coaching business is so fascinating to me, the way that guys earn and or gain without earning hype. Sometimes when a guy is this rising star, then all of a sudden a team gives him a chance, like the Rams with Sean McVay, and it it's it's absolutely you lights can see, out. It's you can awesome. see why he's who he is. The dudes, you know, he, he. But then we've seen this from the different coaching trees, right? Why is Adam Gase right a head coach? Like sometimes it's it's a just it's money. Like yeah. John Gruden's money. He comes from the home run coaching tree. That's right. awesome. The guys from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes not. Belichick. Largely, the guys from his coaching tree have not been great. They've been stinking. They've been stinking. Big Penn State fan, right? Hated Bill O'Brien at Penn State. Never thought Bill O'Brien was worth anything. Never understood the hype. He made Christian Hackenberger good when he was a freshman. Okay. What's Christian Hackenberg done since then? Nothing. Um, Anyway, it is what it is. Let's move on from that. By the way, quick update. Uh... Patrick Mahomes threw what was absolutely an interception on his second throw of this football game, but Devin McCourty just straight dropped it. I mean, it was there's no there's nothing to know other than he threw the ball to Devin McCourty. McCourty dropped it. Subsequently, the Chiefs moved the ball down the field inside the ten. Did not score a touchdown though. Harrison Butker threw uh, a short field goal, kicks it up three nothing, uh, Kansas City after their first possession there Monday Night Football. Um, Let's get into the Seattle Seahawks culture. We are, uh, once again, happy to be the Seahawks uh, affiliate here in Western Montana. Got the games for you every week that uh, Seattle will play in. And uh, they go to Miami, go to South Beach. This game took a while to kind of get going, but eventually it did get going, and the Seahawks ultimately won this thing. They scored 31 points in the football game. What are you laughing about? This is why the NFL is so amazing. After you get into the the first month of the season, then when you have teams – that right now, this week and next week is when teams start to tear themselves out a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of where are we at. Can we make a push? Are we just going to st- be steadfast? Do we not mind tanking even though we're not going to tell anybody we're tanking? I think the Dolphins are a good young team. I think that they have a little bit of, of a chance to, to gain some momentum. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs or anything like that. But I think they're at this point where let's try some stuff out so we can make a run at it. But it's just fascinating to me that – you when you know you have a team like the Seahawks who are just on fire coming to your house, mm-hmm. you can run largely an off or a defensive system for a week that's not like your system and just try to throw a wrench in everything and get Russell Wilson confused. And you could tell that was the case yeah. in this game. But this is where the quarterbacks being one of the best quarterbacks in the in the world that Russell Wilson is so freaking smart that he only has to struggle with a, an unorthodox and unexpected defensive system for like a quarter and a, a half. A while. Get to halftime. What are you seeing, Russ? Okay, this is what we're going to do. And then, boom, you're off and running, and so, you score three touchdowns. A, uh, Russell Wilson, very efficient, 24 for 34, 
360 yards. This was a this was an offense that took a bunch of shots and hit some big shots. I think DK Metcalf had four receptions for 105 yards or 104 yards, but Coulter, none of them was more, I think his long was 37 yards. Like, it's not like he hit an 80-yard bomb and then caught, you know, a couple of 10-yard. Like, they were going for 20, 25, 35 yards every time he caught the ball. Uh, and so, uh, uh, in any case, hugely efficient, 24-34 for 360 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I mean, I got to say, this was that that one interception you never see Russell Wilson throw. He made... He, he made uh, he just made a bad read in the end zone, in the red zone, and threw you know a ball that got picked off by Miami in the end zone, and and uh, that doesn't happen very often. That said, Chris Carson, sixteen carries for eighty yards and two touches in his own right, and that's I mean that's you talked about if Dak Prescott's thrown for four hundred fifty yards, you're losing football games because you know it, it's not what you want to be. This is what Seattle wants yes. to be right down the heart of it. I mean, 24-34 for 360, maybe trading an interception for a touchdown, and you're really rolling. But Chris Carson, 80 yards on 16 touches? I mean, that's beautiful because that's the thing. Chris Carson runs really hard. He's a great running back. You don't want him going over 20 rushes a game. And if he starts to get into the 24, 25, 28 rushes, he's not going to last. I mean, he's he's already had – no, and nobody really will. I mean, that's not necessarily unique to him, but it's just not going to last for him. So this is uh, this was a, a great game for Seattle to just get to 4-0 and and be – you know, I feel like this for Seattle is a game just – just get the win and get the heck out of there. You know what I mean? You don't need to do anything fancy. I think they had an interception on the very first play of the game that kind of set the table for them. But the Seattle Seahawks, they they got it done. I didn't think it was a hugely exciting game, even though there was a number of big plays. I thought it was. I thought it was. You know, fun, it was interesting, but. Uh, you well, check downright, the box and move on from this one. It was downright boring compared to the rest of the morning games. Because I think Seattle at the time, their 31 points I think were the lowest scored by the, a winning team the, the, in thir- the morning games. There was I think, and I think there was like three other teams that scored 31 and won nine games, including the thir- Thursday nighter. No one scored less than 31 points that won. That won, right? I mean, and and teams have scored. I mean, how many points did, did Cleveland score? 49. 49? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, get out of here. Yeah, it's amazing. By the way, Brian Hoyer, three and out. Oh, they went with Hoyer? Brian Hoyer playing Stidham? quarterback for the New England oh, Patriots. Oh, man, I got to make another bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Seahawks, they have real momentum right now. I still think they have their issues that they've had since the beginning of the year, but they're proving now that they have a month worth of games under their belts that they can play and win in a different style than they've ever played a win with since Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and Pete Carroll have been there. Mm-hmm. Now they got a chance to keep it rolling and really – secure a spot in the driver's seat. They got Minnesota Sunday Night Football this week. The Vikings looked substantially better against the Texans on Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me, but the Vikings have weaknesses in the secondary. Russell's, Russ is going to cook. Then the Seahawks got a bye. Then they got Arizona, who's looking incredibly vulnerable right now, particularly on yeah, defense. tough, tough. Couple weeks stretch here for a team that I was pretty high on. Here's, the, here's a, a thing that can just kill you as an NFL franchise. When you sign a cornerback to big-time money, and then that dude takes even a step down, you're harnessed with him. You have to play him. He's got to be your guy. And you have to. You can't give up on the dude until you know that he's washed. But you, can't, you have to 
keep playing with him. And then all of a sudden he's getting attacked. And you can tell Patrick Peterson's lost a step. He's mm-hmm. still a good player. But when you lose a step, it's very, very, very rare. Only the Charles Woodsons and Richard Shermans, guys that are so smart, can lose that step on the outside and still be elite. We saw Xavier Rhodes. What is Xavier Rhodes for the duration of his career? He's an in-your-face corner that is big, strong, runs with you step for step. When he lost a step, he went from an all-pro to a liability last year for the yeah. Vikings, and he's still in that same area. But regardless, I think that's what Arizona's issue. But here we go. Then the Seahawks. Then they got San Francisco, who's a mash unit right now. So the Seahawks, they're not going to have a real true test until they play at Buffalo on November 8th. That could be a red-hot 6-1 and or even 7-0 and Seahawks team going to the Bills. And uh, when you're running this style of offense, rhythm, momentum, that's the thing that is going to set you apart more than any other factor. There are two teams right now as we talk, and I emphasize that because there's some games that haven't happened yet that are 4-0, and two teams. Seattle Seahawks, and the other one is? The Bills. Your Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I love it. Now, Pittsburgh and Tennessee were scheduled to play. They're both 3-0, and the Titans and the Steelers. So shout out to those two teams, and obviously Kansas City is 3-0. and They're playing right now, but... Uh, you know, there's you're starting to get those, you know, that separation point, you know, in teams, teams that are good and teams that aren't good. Uh, Indy, they had a 19 to 11 snooze fest, but it's still a win for the Colts over the uh, Chicago Bears. By the way, Nick Foles did not provide the spark <laughs> that uh, that that Nagy was looking for uh, over there in, in their game against the Colts. That was bad, but the Colts defense is legitimately good. Uh, Philadelphia one two and one. They lead the division, followed by Washington, who is one and three, and Dallas, who is one and three. So there you go. That's the uh, dumpster fire that is the NFC East. The NFC North, the Green Bay Packers, they play tonight. Chicago is three and one after that loss. The other two teams are one and three. Minnesota, Minnesota is no question the second best team in the NFC North. It's no question they're the second best team in the NFC North. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to get them, but you know it's what it is. Well, all I know is that the headline would have been different if they wouldn't have beat the Texans. The headline today would be Mike Zimmer's fired. Look, so uh, here, here's here's what I I think has been happening. I don't know what the deal was the first two weeks, but Zimmer is not going to let anybody sink this ship with Kirk Cousins at the helm. They gave Dalvin Cook 28 carries. That's his career high on Sunday. That's what it's got to be. He's the one of the best backs in the league. It's what yeah. it's what it's got to be. And by the way, that's Kirk Cousins threw several touchdowns. Jefferson had another monster day. So when he's running, they can throw the football. Exactly. And they also so often. This was what drives me crazy. And this is why we, we've been arguing about the, the merits of rookie receivers in fantasy. So often it has nothing to do with the talent of the receiver. It has to do with the fact that their franchises and more aptly their coaching staffs treat them with kid gloves. We're not ready. If, we're not sure if they're ready. When you got Jerry Jr., CeeDee Lamb, or Justin Jefferson, roll. They're just, ready. Just roll. They're ready. Throw them yeah. the ball. So yeah. they tried to, I, I think that there was some definitive internal decisions made by the Vikings to say, here's what we are, here's what we're not. They're not as good as they've been on defense. They do have good skill players. They have a bad quarterback, but they have really good skill players. They got to just score. They got to outscore teams. Um, here's my last. Here's here's my question for you, just about the NFC. Okay, and I have okay. a couple other ones for you as well. Okay, in the NFC South, okay, the the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they came back, because they were down quite a bit, but they ended up beating uh, the Chargers. 
the Buccaneers have looked okay, but not great, but they now have won three straight, and they are on top of their division. The Saints, they beat a bad Lions team close. They get to 2-2. Two and two. I think Carolina has been, to me, one of the pleasant surprises of this young season. They're 2-2 two and two as well. Atlanta's 0-3. Do you, do you have Tampa Bay, though, as the best team? Because you and I were both very high on the Saints coming into this season. Mm-hmm. I still... You know, without when Michael Thomas comes back, I think it changes the dynamics there quite a bit. Absolutely, but, he's their best player. But Tampa is looking like I thought they would look, which is to say, good, not great, but improving week to week and getting more comfortable. And by the way, Chris Godwin out, you know, for them, Fournette out for them, so they were missing some guys as well. Where are you at with the Tampa Bay versus New Orleans? If that's in fact what the division is sh- going to shape up to be, well. I think that the narrative of Drew Brees not being able to throw the ball down the field is a little bit overplayed because, first of all... It's completely overplayed. <laughs> first of all, if there's anybody that could ever manage that, it's Drew Brees. He's never had that good of an arm. He blew his shoulder out, which ended his time... Pretty good arm. Huh? He's, he's one of the most accurate passers in NFL history because yeah. what does he do? He doesn't throw the ball down the field that often because he can just dice you in the 8 to 18-yard range better than almost anybody in the history of the league. Yeah. But... It's also hard to scrutinize Drew Brees right now when, I mean, Michael Thomas is one of the 10 best players in the NFL. He's one of the best skill players on the planet. He is the automatic conversion security blanket. If you have a third and seven, you throw it to Michael Thomas. The defense knows it. You still can't stop it. You can't evaluate anything about the Saints right now without him. Manuel Sanders and Taysom Hill and stuff, they're nice. But when you got Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas... Your lights out doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, especially when you have a Hall of Famer playing quarterback. So right. I think that the jury's still out on the Saints until they get Michael Thomas back. Starting to see a little bit of the Brady magic with the Bucks. There's a good comeback. The Chargers definitely Chargers it. <laughs> but but Brady's still Eckler getting hurt early in that game was, killed was him. tough. But tough but Brady still got the onions and and Mike Evans is a is a dog. And I, I like what the Bucks got going. I, I do want to talk about the Panthers for a brief minute. Okay. I loved Teddy Bridgewater when he was in Minnesota. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the the quarterback in the NFL that is way better than the, the the majority of people that follow the NFL give him credit for. I would take him. You could say he's a game manager. He checks down whatever. He's an awesome leader. He doesn't turn the ball over ever. He's hyper efficient. He's clearly very smart because he learned a very he learned a new system like that, and he's got them operating despite the fact that their best player Christian McCaffrey is out. Mm-hmm. I would take Terry Bridgewater over a lot of dudes that get a lot more headlines in the NFL. And to me, when you watch him play, because I was watching that Cardinals Panthers game quite a bit, and all I kept thinking was to myself was why are the Panthers so much better than I thought they were going to be? And then I was just watching. I was like, well, it's because they have a really good quarterback. They really right. do. And I think that Bridgewater doesn't get enough credit. I think that's very fair. Did you have one question you wanted to ask me? Well, I was going to ask you what you thought of Bridgewater, of, of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but then my other question is for you is this. Okay. The Cleveland Browns, don't look now, are three and one. Oh, I know. Are they a legitimate contender? A contender for what? I don't know. Playoffs. I mean, there's an extra playoff spot in the league this year. They In both sides. Each conference. Could the Browns be the seventh team out of the AFC? It's really tough for them because of the division they're in, right? It, because the Ravens... They, and the, honest to God, if they were in any other division. Right, because the Ravens are and the Steelers are two of the four best teams in the AFC, right? They are a legitimate contender. Here's the thing. 
There's only eight teams that are contenders for playoff spots in the NFC. Only eight. In the NFC. Did I say AFC? I'm, I'm in sorry. In the AFC. In the NFC. In the AFC. In the AFC. In the AFC. There's only the eight. The Bills, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Colts, the Titans, the... Whoever wins the East. The Chiefs and the who? The Chargers I'm, or the Raiders or the Browns? Let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. Okay. Okay. Apologize. Yeah. Okay. I'm turned around. You're thinking about the NFC. There, I'd said the NFC because I meant the NFC. But the, the but AFC. The Browns are in the AFC. The, yeah, they are in the AFC. The AFC North. I think that the, I think you're really hard pressed, man, to be, to be, to get out of the AFC, out of the AFC North if you're not in the top two. And I don't think they are in the top two. Here's the thing the three teams they've beat stink. It's true. They beat the they beat the Bengals, who finally got a win, but they're yep. just a one win team that have a they're they're bad. Yep. They beat the the Cowboys, who are the worst one of the worst defenses we've seen in a long time. I don't even remember who's the other team that they beat, but it was not a good team either. It was the team. It was the game they had to have Washington on Thursday night. So Washington they beat. So you know, talk to me. The one good team they've played, they got smoked by and looked like it was the end of the line for Baker Mayfield and everybody yeah, else Ravens in there. Beat them thirty-eight-six. So. I give them credit for coming back. Odell coming up with three touchdowns in this football game just for his mental health and, and you know engagement in the team. If he's in it and he's on it, he's an elite wide receiver, top shelf level, absolutely talent-wise, you know, right here as we sit here today. But he's got to be interested. He's certainly interested now. The thing is, is that you got you, you know. Talk to me when you play the Ravens again or when you play the Steelers twice or when you play anybody else that's actually good on your schedule. This was a game that I thought was going to be a little bit telltale, and I give them a ton of credit for doing it. They went to Dallas and they beat the Cowboys, who have a bunch of talent on their team. Here's what I hate about the Browns. They were up 41-14, and they needed a late interception to to kind of put the final nail in the coffin. Like, you can't... If you're up 41-14 on anybody at any moment, it just has to be over. Yeah. So, that didn't happen for Cleveland, so I, I, I wait. Here's the only way that the Browns are a contender. It's if, the, it's if the AFC East eats themselves up, which I think is a real possibility. I think the Chiefs are absolutely the front runner, but I don't know who or how the Raiders, Chargers, or Broncos emerge. The Broncos, they're too injured that's already going to be uphill sledding at very best. Yeah. The Chargers are doing Chargers things. They they got dudes, but they got 10 starters out, and Anthony Lynn can't mm-hmm. figure out how to win big games. And the Raiders, I just don't think they're quite ready yet. They do have pieces, but I don't think they're ready to be a playoff team. So if those teams can all eat each other up and only one comes out of the West, which I think would have would defy what most of us predicted coming into this year, then the Browns might be able to sneak in that but, back door because I do think they're better than teams like the Jags, the Texans, you know, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Jets. But I guess the point is is that at, already six spots are, are spoken for, are they not? I mean, the 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 Bills, Bills and the Patriots, Patriots Ravens, the Titans and the Colts, the Ravens and the Steelers. Well, we'll see what's up with the Titans. Because this whole, what's going on with the Titans with the coronavirus, well, is, sure, it I mean, could derail all, the whole thing. Of, all of this has that as a backdrop. Yeah, I realize I'm, I'm, not so, I'm not so settled. I think that the Bills, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Chiefs, I think you can say those five are pretty much going to have a hard time not making the playoffs out of the AFC. Not fully sold on the Colts. We'll see what happens with the Titans. Well, first of all, it's absolutely one of the two because they're going to win the division. Right. But there, there is scenarios where 
one division gets three and the oh, other ones only get one. Well, shoot. I mean, it, it's, I, I think it is possible if it all went right that one division could get four, but that ain't going to happen. It is. It is. It's also so, possible that uh, you could have a three and 13 division winner, but that's not possible now if the Eagles won. It's two tell nuanas, one or two nine ESPN radio. Just put put the NFC East to sleep. Yeah, Don't shout out to, to shout out to Shooter. We got a message on our Twitter account, and he yep. was asking me. He said, "Mathematically, could you have a three and thirteen division winner?" I think so, and I think it could be in the NFC East. But then the <laughs> Eagles went and ruined that because they got they got to one win in a non division game. Oh gracious! Uh, we'll take a break uh, on the other side. The NBA Finals last night, great game. I thought it was certainly the most interesting game of the three. The Heat are at least alive. I don't know if back is the word, but they're certainly alive. And the Los Angeles Lakers looked like they were nowhere last night. We'll get into it next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula. It's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Telenuana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are well. We are, uh, you know, having ourselves a fine, fine day. If you uh, would like to follow along on Twitter, you can. At Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, your relevant Twitter handles. The uh, Chiefs have scored a couple of uh, field goals and are now up 6-0 on the uh, New England Patriots as they've wrapped up the first quarter of play in Arrowhead. Coulter, last night, Miami, they had to have it, and they went and they got it. Jimmy Butler was absolutely outstanding in this basketball game. I watched him in the pregame, you know, do his interview uh, uh, on on uh, uh, on ABC, and normally Jimmy Butler is, I don't know if subdued is the word, but he's very businesslike, pretty serious. He was bouncing, man. Like, he was just excited, ready to go, couldn't wait to play. If you didn't know better, you would have thought Jimmy Butler was up two games to nothing in this series. He was absolutely on fire just in terms of his attitude, even with, you know, Bam Adebayo out again, Gordon Dragic out again in this basketball game, and yet he went out there and with his 
group brought them an unbelievable victory uh, last night in Game 3 to get back into the series, get themselves to a 2-1 situation and a 115-104 final. That's fine. I'm happy for the Heat. I'm happy for the series. I'm happy as a basketball fan that this thing got back into balance a little bit. Also, this was an this was an embarrassment if you were a Laker fan last night. An absolute embarrassment. A no-show from just about everybody. LeBron James still had 25 points, I think it was in this game. And 25 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. Okay, and he and he played well and he was the leader that he is. He was who he is. He got no help whatsoever from anybody. And Anthony Davis showed up and went he had a little bit of foul trouble. He still played 33 minutes. 15 points, 5 rebounds for Anthony Davis in this thing. You know what he was on the floor? Minus 26. Minus 26 with Anthony Davis on the floor in this game. He played with great intensity, had 37 points and a snarl in game one. That was great. This is my point about Anthony Davis. He shows up in game three and has 15 points and a whimper. Is nowhere to be found. That can't happen. That's why I don't believe in Anthony Davis. His talent is all-time level talent. But he, you can't just not be there on any given night, especially in a final situation. It's unacceptable. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Thank you, Burn Street for letting me get that one off my chest. So I'm 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 not saying I'm over Anthony Davis. You know what he is? And and they may they're going to win this finals or whatever. He's a number 2. Well, yeah. If LeBron goes away, which he will eventually, yeah. and this becomes Anthony Davis team, sell 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 the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, they'll, Period. Ne- they'll never win a championship if it's not if, if it's Anthony Davis is your number 1. That's, that's absolutely true. No question. Anthony Davis. I'm amazed you're going with me on this. Anthony Davis played. Anthony Davis played the first seven years of his NBA career in. uh, I don't know what's the most anonymous NBA market. It's either New Orleans or Charlotte. Memphis, maybe New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. I don't think it is Memphis. Memphis is not as irrelevant as New Orleans. Well, I mean, Charlotte has been much. When you say anonymous market, it's different from team. Obviously, New Orleans New Orleans has a, a great, exciting team. Charlotte does not. So I guess Charlotte. Yeah, but the all team I'm saying is where basketball is important. Like Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets, the Charlotte Bobcats, whatever the hell they are now, I don't even know. And that's what the level of anonymous that they are. <laughs> but they're they're one of the only professional sports teams that's in an area where they are trumped by a variety of colleges, not just one. Everybody in North Carolina likes one of the four colleges more than they like the Charlotte basketball team. Yeah. New Orleans, I think that professional basketball is down the list for them as well, particularly because of the way that teams have left and returned to there. So all I'm getting at, though, is the only place, there's only a couple places in the the NBA where Anthony Davis could get away with the BS he pulled in New Orleans and not get absolutely strung Roasted up by, yeah, by, point. by the national media at large. He's mocking the team that drafted him. He's wearing Looney Tunes shirts that say, that's all, folks, to his last games. He's not talking to his teammates. He's pouting and throwing a little fit to demand a trade. If you're doing this in Houston or you're doing this in Chicago or New York or Philly or L.A., you're getting absolutely killed, and he didn't get killed at all, and he doesn't talk to the media. He hardly has any 
endorsements. He's not this marketable guy. Part of it's his personality, but he also has gotten away with a lot of stuff too. So the fact to me that he isn't this transcendent personality, I think it's been very clear all along. We just didn't know it because he just wasn't in the spotlight that a lot. All I'm saying is if you're the number one overall pick and you have the prodigious talent that he has to be largely immune from the scrutiny that that guy receives almost across the board by the time you're into your second contract. Anthony Davis, he skirted what would probably should have been the proper level of scrutiny because of where he was playing and because of who he is. I think it's I think it's a fair point. Now, I do think that like we've seen relationships between players and organizations go sour before. And having not seen Anthony Davis, you know, night in, night out or game in, game out, whatever, you know, I was not prepared then. And I'm not now to talk about him like being I don't know that he's a malcontent. I'm not sitting here saying that he is either childish or that he is, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a diva or a drama queen or whatever. I'm not saying any of that stuff. What I'm saying is when he's playing basketball, he is sometimes great and chooses to be great and is sometimes nowhere to be found. And if you are that good and at any point you're nowhere to be found, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And it's especially unacceptable when you have an opportunity to win the series. You could you could end the series last night, go up 3-0, game over, done deal, that's it, that's all. And you go 15-5 and five and are just, you got no, no starch in you when it came time that you get you get a couple foul calls you didn't like now you got to take a seat you come back in you get another one you got to take another seat and then and it's just over get out of here I'm, I'm 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 over it makes it upsets me as a basketball fan but this is what this is what i'm saying like think of a guy like russell westbrook and all he's accomplished in the nba but also what's the when you talk about russell westbrook you don't talk about him for for even 30 seconds before you start talking can this guy win a title? When is Russell Westbrook going to win a title? If he doesn't win a title, what does it make us think of him? James Harden, you can't get more than 20 seconds of talking about this guy until you're like, when is this guy going to win a title? The expectations for a first-team on-beat player are to win a title. We talk about it across the board. Carmelo Anthony gets killed because he never got even past the conference finals, even though individually one of the greatest scorers in league history. All the empty spots on the resumes of the all-time greats like Patrick Ewing and Carl Malone and John Stockton. It's the thing you talk about because that's what the NBA is all about. I've hardly ever heard people screaming and yelling, why isn't Anthony Davis filling his potential? Why isn't Anthony Davis leading teams to the promised land? Why is Anthony Davis win one playoff series in his first seven years in the league in New Orleans? He's somehow immune from... The scrutiny. Well, I think what you said about being in New Orleans is is huge. Like it, it is know, huge. It, it definitely is he's huge. on a bad team in a nowhere market that does not get hardly any exposure. And by the way, I do think that the organization was culpable for that. Like it's true. But you need to sub- surround a guy who's transcendent with people that can get him get you there. That's actually a great point too. Though is the world at large hardly knew how good Anthony Davis was until he started playing for the Lakers because the Pelicans are never on TV. Yeah, I mean... And I think that's a huge part of it, man. Like, we... Better or worse, the way the NBA has decided to do their TV thing, and that's why the bubble's been so refreshing to me because it's not about the big markets. Mm-hmm. It's just about the basketball. That's great. But there's been... I mean, that's been the my only real knock on the, the organizational operation of the NBA is that they decided to just sell it down the river and put the big market teams on the on national TV 
no matter if they're good or bad. I can't tell. I mean, it's so refreshing that the Lakers are good. I know it drives people crazy how much they're on TV, but watching the Lakers when they're terrible on TV 35 times a year is just garbage. Yeah. Like, w- there was a moment in time where the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Lakers are all just trash. Great. I'm not watching the NBA on TNT if I'm watching Bulls and Lakers back-to-back. But it is a good point. Maybe Anthony Davis is immune to it because they just haven't been on TV that much. So I people mean, just I, don't know how good he is. He, he's going, how, good, how good he should be. He's getting the most criticism criticism he's ever gotten because he's further than he's ever been in a market that he's never been in yeah. before. And now people are seeing, like, he may well, maybe this is the first time this ever happened. I doubt it. My guess is this is who he's been for the past seven, eight, nine seasons as, as, as a pro. And it just has sort of been largely unseen. And now that it's seen... People like myself sit here and go, well, what are you doing? No, it's not on the organization. Everybody else on you. I have a question. I have a question for you about the Golden State Warriors on the other side. We'll do it on the other side of the break. We'll also give you an update. The divisional rounds of the MLB playoffs started today. Houston, 10-5 win over the uh, A's. Top of the hour here on ESPN Radio. We're going to get you Yankees, Tampa Bay, Rays baseball. All that coming up next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Two Monday night games, two divisional baseball games. Off night from the NBA Finals resume tomorrow. Love it. It's 2021 is 9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. How are you? If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. Give us the stars. Do the thing on there. Two Tell Nuanas podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Uh, the Houston Astros have won three games now in this postseason. They are 3-0 and after being the only team in the postseason that had a losing record. They beat the Oakland A's today, uh, 10-5, I believe, was the final of that game. We will send you out uh, to New York for the Yankees-Rays. Game one of the divisional finals as soon as we're done here in just a couple of minutes. But Coulter first said he had a question. Oh, by the way, it's 6-0 Kansas City. 11-52 left in the first half. They are up on New England, who uh, has the ball to 50-yard line or so. Okay, you had a question about the Golden State Warriors for me. I think that... I think that uh... The Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets, they all have nice pieces. I think they're pretty good. I think the Lakers have two amazing pieces, and other than that, are below average, but they have a couple old guys that are ready-made for this scenario. That said, the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, have the worst record in the NBA this year. They have, when everybody's back healthy, more unbelievable assets, but also unbelievable players that I think could lead them back. If you are the Warriors, with what you've seen in the bubble, with you not participating, are you licking your chops right now? 
Well, yes. Me too. I think so too. Cause I think no KD. Okay. I think though you bring back the, the lineup of death that made the Warriors what they once were. I think that, with the number, what, is it two or three overall pick? Right, they and they also have an asset in Andrew Wiggins that they could trade as well, and there's rumors they could make a run at Giannis, but even no matter what, I just think that this Warriors team, I think you're, if you're watching this, I think you're thinking, us at full strength, we could run these two teams in the finals. Well, of course you are, because they've already done it. You know, the, 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 Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green still and think oh, that, by the way, one of the best coaches in the league. So, th- this is the thing to me, I don't really have time for this right now, but you're talking about we're judging guys based on, well, when are they going to win a title? Right now, I think the NBA has the most amount of total talent it's ever had. Yep. It is stunning to see the young talent, the middle talent, and the old talent that is still just going to battle night in and night out of the NBA. That is why I think winning an NBA Finals is maybe as valuable as it's ever been, and you should be as lauded for it as you've ever been. And that is also why I think if you haven't won it, it should be as little a demerit as it's ever been. Like, we love to call guys out for not winning titles. Well, guess what? One team's doing it, and they deserve all the love in the world for doing it, but there are so many great, great Hall of Fame track players scattered all over the NBA. It's not one or two teams. It's five, six, eight, ten teams that got dudes. And so if you're not winning it, that isn't. I'm. I'm not going to sit here and go. Well, what's a matter with Russell Westbrook? I'm not playing that game. Interesting, because I agree with it on one part, but I also think that on the other hand, I think that this has been the way the NBA has been for 30 years. It has. It has, and it it has to change. I don't know if it's ever going to change though, because I really do think that LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, just like Michael Jordan did to the last generation, are just going to be the ones that win all the titles. No, I'm not saying it has to change. That other people got to win it. I'm saying our orientation has to change. Oh, that's been that's my long argument forever. Boys and girls, enjoy Yankees Rays. MLB Playoff Baseball on ESPN Radio right now. See you tomorrow. Balls in the air. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.